Well, a very warm hello to you, ladies and gentlemen. I am back. Yes, the cheeser has re-emerged from obscurity after a hiatus of several months, and uh, yet again I must apologise for this long gap in transmission. Life taking over and everything as usual, and uh, I won't keep rolling out the excuses. Instead, I'm just going to crack straight on with the uh, topic of today's post, which was uh, a wonderful excuse <laughs> to um, re-emerge again and um, to talk to you lovely people. I'm going to be speaking to you about the topic of Eurovision. Right, well, um, I'm sure you do know, even if you weren't watching it, Eurovision was broadcast last night, and um, I followed the entire thing with my partner. Now, um, I was very pleased to see, first of all, that it's kind of um, gone back to some kind of normality. This year's Eurovision uh, was hosted um, by uh, the Netherlands from Rotterdam, no less. And uh, watching it, it was great to see a proper studio audience, lots of uh, sort of clapping and cheering and laughter, and actual real people there. Uh, last year, when we were in the midst of COVID and social distancing, uh, they did have entries and performances in inverted commas, but there was no audience there. So it wasn't kind of the same thing. And I didn't even tune in and watch it. So good to see us going back to something kind of a bit familiar, I would say. Now, um, uh, on the topic of Eurovision, I was actually trawling back, everybody, through uh, one of my old blog posts, because as I've told you before in a previous guise as the cheeser, uh, I used to write an, uh, an online written blog, and I blogged several times on the topic of Eurovision. And on one of my posts, I went into the reasons why um, Eurovision is such great entertainment and the pluses about it. So I'm going to shamelessly kind of pilfer from some of the things that I said there. Now, interestingly, the first point that I made here was one of the reasons why it's so entertaining is the melting pot of musical genres that we get from all over the world. Um, I said originally, actually quoting from what I said to everybody, whilst some countries manage to produce musical entries which sound relatively current and in, others are hopelessly anachronistic and out of touch. The songs sometimes are an embarrassingly obvious, cliched representation of their country's musical style and heritage. Take this year's Irish entry, for example. A Mary Hopkin clone Irish lady with flowers in her hair, fiddle and a jig-type accompaniment. Now, thinking about what I wrote there, that was actually back in 2007. I think I might slightly kind of uh, review my comment because... Um, Granted, Eurovision's kind of a sort of hilarious, naff, uh, bizarre tunes and bands are still kind of going on. But I think we've kind of moved away really slowly from the trash quotient. And these days, I think you get a lot of songs and performances which could be deemed respectable. So I'll talk about that a bit later. Having said that, there were still kind of performances last night that were pretty kind of off the wall and weird. Right, well, what else do I like about it? I've put in my original post, and I would still hold to this, the camp outlandish costumes. I'd previously commented on uh, an entry from Ukraine, and I'd said um, what they were wearing. Hardly the kind of thing you choose to wear around Tesco's. And uh, is the singer a he or a she? An alien wrapped in baker foil with Elton John shades? 
right, maybe um, the gender of the performer doesn't really matter. I have to apologise for any kind of slight transphobia that might be coming out there. Um, this was some time ago. Um, I also uh, commented on uh, the fact that the daft dance routines, which were sometimes overly OTT and theatrical, were a thing to like about Eurovision. Uh, and I gave an example of a German rock artist called Guido Horn, who finished off his act by climbing up a large pole. Talk about a show-off. Right, another reason? The bizarre slash banal lyrics, an oft-occurring issue, is that many foreign artists choose to perform in English, and when the words of their songs are translated, the original meaning gets fudged, thus creating lyrics that are either nonsensical or just plain weird. On the other hand, they can also tend towards the mega-clichéd variety, e.g. Oh baby, baby, I love you so much. My heart is yours. I'm thrilling to your touch. Well, I think that probably does still hold to an extent today. We do still get those kind of clichéd lyrics. I'd also made a comment about Terry Wogan's commentary. Right, well, R.I.P. Sadly, Terry is no longer with us. And now, as uh, many of you will know, Graham Norton is uh, the regular commentator for Eurovision each year. Well, I've got to say, um, he stepped up to the role pretty well. And uh, last night, he was uh, showing a good line in humour and sarcasm. So kind of uh, taken up Terry's mantle well there, I think. All right, what else did I mention before? Well, I talked about uh, the voting spokespeople from each country uh, and how they could be very amusing. Usually a highly glamorous dolly bird and a gentleman in a tux with faux posh Euro does English accents and plasticky features and teeth. For example, hello Helsinki, this is Sweden. And the last thing that I commented on here on my old post was the voting itself. I said UK nil point, and that's point pronounced French style. Actually, did you know that last bit is apocryphal? Because, of course, when a country casts its votes, it never actually says which countries have been awarded zilch points. We only hear about those countries which scored real points. The rest is a process of deduction. Well, I don't think that's actually true anymore, because watching it last night, I'm pretty sure they were saying which countries got zero points. And um, the UK was a very sad example of that. They scored nil point right across the board from start to finish, which was a pretty sad state of affairs, I think. And uh, whilst I wasn't particularly crazy about the performance or the song, I did think we deserved to do better than that. However, there is probably a political reason for that. Um, maybe I'll mention that later. Now, time to actually discuss last night's performances. Uh, I thought I would start by talking about the bands, artists and songs which I liked the most and which I would put top of the list. And then I'm going to move on to the ones which maybe wouldn't have made the cut but were nevertheless still entertaining in some shape or form. So let me start with my fave raves, everybody. Well, top of the list for me, guys, was Israel. Um, their entry was a song called Set Me Free by a singer called Eden Arlane, an amazing-looking lady, actually. I loved what she'd done with her hair. It was kind of like a sort of... um, It was kind of like in braids, but up in almost sort of like a headdress kind of style. Now, the song itself, I thought, was great. Um, it was poppy, it was retro, it was funky... 
Um, the production and the style reminded me actually very much of Dua Lipa and her recent album Future Nostalgia, a very kind of similar sound there, a uh, great album too. So really liked that. Um, I also really liked her cute male dancers. Uh, they flanked her very well. And the song as a whole had a really good hook. There was a great chorus, so top of the list for me. Okay, well, next, Russia. Right, well, they did a song called Russian Woman, and the group were called Maniza. I think that's how you pronounce them. Now, sort of on first kind of sight, they seem to be your typical crazy Eurovision act, uh, but appearances can be deceptive. Now, the lead singer, she came on stage in what can only really be described as a kind of a Russian-style dress that looked like it was crossed with a Dalek. Um, it was huge. She was gliding around the stage here, this voluminous dress. But then suddenly, kind of midway through the song, she stepped out of the dress and revealed that she was actually wearing a boiler suit underneath. Now, this kind of fitted, actually, her look with the militant image of the song because uh, the song had a very powerful feminist message. It was all about what it was, you probably got from the title, uh, what it was like to be female in Russia and um, the importance of asserting yourself and being creative and being yourself. And this message was reinforced by a very clever use of a video they had as a backdrop, which showed lots of uh, different images of different women from different places and presumably social classes in Russia. Uh, the song itself, style-wise, it was kind of a bit of a rap, uh, but when they got to the chorus, there were these amazing choral bits. Um, I thought it was a very good, powerful song. It was a bit of a stomper, but as I said, it had this strong feminist message, which was great for Eurovision and great to put it out to the world. Okay, next one, Malta. Right, the group were called Destiny, and the song was called Je Casse. Really liked it. The singer, I would describe her as kind of like a Maltese Shaka Khan. And she was flanked by these lady dancers all dressed in pink. And the song itself kind of put me in mind of uh, a modern day version of the Charleston uh, set to a modern beat. We had some saucy saxophone in there as well. Great beat and um, very uplifting. Right, well my final one on the fave rave list everybody was Iceland. Their song was called Ten Years, and the group were Daddy Freya. Now, I'm a huge fan of 80s electronic music, groups like the Human League, etc., and this is precisely why I liked the song. Um, it was poppy, it was zippy, it was dancey. Um, great stuff. Um, the band, when they came on, they had these um, interestingly curved handheld keyboards which were very cool but what uh, talking of the band was quite amusing was their whole style of dress and demeanor really seemed to be at odds with the song itself um the bands were quite static on the stage and they were dressed well okay in these jumpers uh, with Lego style images of themselves on the front. Maybe not very sexy, but funny. Um, yeah, they had this kind of old school style about them. Uh, and I mean old school, like slightly kind of old people, but it didn't quite go with the song. But that was sort of the amusing thing there, I think, really. Quite weird, but fun. Right, time to move on to uh, the rest of the entries. Not all of them, though, I hasten to add. Just the other ones that, for me, were of note. 
So, Lithuania. Now, they were actually comparable to Iceland's entry because uh, their song had this electronic thing going on as well. But uh, Mr. Graham Norton, his aforementioned sarcastic comments, made a very humorous remark about them. He said that the group looked like uh, people from your IT department dressed up as steps at a Christmas party, which I think was pretty spot on. Um, They were wearing, the group, these yellow outfits, and one of the dancers was wearing knee-length shorts they did look a bit like um the iceland group people sort of looking a bit nerdy desperately trying to be cool at several points in their performance during their routine they uh, were actually hopping across the stage the song itself wasn't bad i quite liked the electronic thing as i said Right, now sticking with the weirdness quotient, Ukraine, and another funny comment from Mr. Norton. He said that the um, the lead singer appears to be wearing Orville, if you ever wondered what happened to him. Now, for those of you who don't have the faintest idea who Orville actually is, I will briefly explain. Um, Orville was a duck, a puppet that was operated by a ventriloquist called Keith Harris, Um, started off back in the 80s I think here he was a green duckling who didn't wear anything but a nappy with a large safety pin on the front and he spoke with a kind of falsetto Yorkshire accent now at the time I remember kind of hating him and hating the show Um, he was a very cloying character but you did sort of feel 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 quite sorry for him because he actually had kind of low self-esteem anyway that was what Graham Norton was referring to there now as for the song and performance itself from the Ukraine um, well I, I wasn't too keen on the singer's voice and there was this bizarre thing with a guy on a piccolo whilst the rest of the group were playing guitars amongst what looked like a load of mini Christmas trees. So that was really quite strange. Now, yet another one on the typical Eurovision weirdness list was Germany, and their entry was from a group called, it's either Jendrik or Jendrik, I'm not quite sure how to pronounce them, and the song was called I Don't Feel Hate. Yet again... Old Graham came out with an amusingly apt comment. He said that the band's song, it was like something that you'd hear on a children's educational programme, which again I think was very true. Now the song's lead performer and singer was a quite acute looking blonde guy here. Um, who carried the song along. The style of the song, well, a bit of a bizarre hybrid. It started off in this kind of jolly, jolly, skip-along style. Again, a bit sort of Charleston-esque, actually. But then it kind of segued into these bizarre, smashy, rock-type bits. A real weird kind of mix. There was also, um, he was flanked by the dancers, the singer. There was this woman dressed in this bizarre, she had like a giant hand costume uh, with a pointy finger. She was actually inside the hand and she was playing a horn at the same time. Oh dear God, very, very strange, but funny too. So what is left to discuss? Well, there was a bit of rock on the agenda. Um, Finland did a heavy metal grunge style number uh, complete with lots of fires exploding on the stage and long haired gothic hippie performers I didn't think it was terrible but it wasn't a personal favourite of mine there always seems to be at least one of this genre every year for Eurovision and then of course there was the winner Italy right uh, a group called Mana Skin 
and the song was called ZTE Bwani, I think you pronounce it here. Now, um, I was just having a little listen to that just earlier on while I was doing dinner, and it struck me that it was actually a decent song. It is a decent tune, um, but it wasn't really my thing. When they came on stage, um, they were actually dressed, I thought, like Queen, uh, sort of quite flamboyant, sort of long leather pants here, etc., sort of shaggy hair and, uh, you know, a bit of jewellery here. But the song wasn't actually anything like that, so it wasn't really my bag. And I've got to be honest, I was disappointed that they won. Um, Okay, so none of the groups, the performers that I liked came sort of near the top but if I could have chosen one from the top three I think it would have been Switzerland who were quite decent as well um, it was a solo singer with a kind of falsetto male voice who sung in a very grandiose style it was very operatic um, but it was quite moving I didn't want Italy to win but there you go Right, my darlings, well, I am going to sign off, but it's been very nice to be back talking to you, sharing my thoughts about Eurovision. There's always a lot to share and discuss on that subject, isn't there? So thank you for listening. Right, everybody, well, I will be back again very shortly, and in my next post, I am planning on talking to you about a novel which I recently read, and I think this is going to be the first time that I'm going to discuss with you Uh, reading matter it's a book called rainbow milk by an author called jesse mendez uh, a gay author very interesting stuff and i look forward to sharing my thoughts on it with you very soon so take care everybody and have a great week bye for now